one constant through all the years, Ray, has been Benson and those guys. Benson and those guys. Benson and those guys brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Zach and the iPad. We just lost half our listeners. We're now down to three. You want to heckle blind people? You're such a moron. Hey, I'm just here so I don't get fired. You got 20 bucks? He's got a monster hot. That is helping nothing. Let's get I'm not going to let our fans down. It's a faith-based sports radio program. I'm not certain that that format is ever going to work. Welcome to the program. Benson and those guys brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com. It's bee season. Listen, we've all seen the bees. Just stop Stop trying to handle it yourself. Get off the creaky ladder. Stop emptying the can of bee killer and running away like a little girl. Stop pouring the gasoline into the ground nest and setting your yard on fire. Just, just go ahead and call Town & Country and get it done right. Town and Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. We're glad you're with us. We talk sports. We do it from a faith-based perspective. Benson and those guys, unlike any other sports talk shows, we know you're going to hear views and opinions that you won't find anywhere else. I'm here with Zach, and you can find out more about Zach, about myself, about all those guys by visiting our website, btgprogram.com. At the website, you can also find audio archives of past broadcasts and interviews. You can also purchase a BTT, uh, uh, yeah, that's right, a BTG t-shirt. And by the way, when you do that, the proceeds go to support our ministry, keep us on the air. The Benson and Those Guys t-shirt is stylish and appropriate for all occasions. If you show up somewhere in one and they hassle you, just tell them to call me. And of course, well, I'll probably just throw you under the bus and claim I don't know what you're talking about, but um, you can get the T-shirt all the same. You can also follow us on Twitter, at BTG Program. We're also on Instagram and Facebook. By the way, if you follow us on Twitter, you know you love the Uncle Rico tweet this week. And if you don't follow us, well, then how does it feel to be on the outside of an inside joke? You missed out. You missed out. Did you see the video this week of the high schooler that kicked the extra point right off the noggin of the referee? No, how did I miss that? Oh, it was classic. Uh, high schooler, uh, Midland Lee. I have no idea where that Texas, but, um, uh, yeah, Texas. I guess I do have an idea. Midland Lee kicker, Luis Aranda lined up for an extra point. He kicks it, hits the, fo- uh, the forehead of the referee, bounces up, hits the crossbar, and then falls on it. Maybe the best <laughs> extra point attempt. You see the guy's hat go flying. <laughs> he wasn't hurt or anything, but, it was just very humorous. Well, now I know what I'm doing during our first break. I'm oh, yeah, that it was great. Speaking of high school football, there is a cat, John Cron. John Cron, K-R-A-H-N. I have no idea. He plays uh, for King High School in Riverside, California. Is he the really huge guy? Seven foot, 440 pounds. Oh, my gosh. A senior lineman. Seven foot, 400. That's a monster. That's a monster. That's like that line from the Princess Bride, like, you're on the Brute Squad. You are the Brute Squad. Like, that, that dude's the Brute Squad. Yeah, I guess so. His coach is saying he's probably a good candidate for 
junior college so he could develop his skills to go with his natural size. So it doesn't sound like he's much of a football player, but good night when you're seven foot, 440 pounds. Yeah, just throw a couple guys aside and imagine him as a tight end. Man, that's How do you just, tackle him? I, I always, all my life, I wanted to be big, you know, but I, I don't think God blessed me with size because, well, because I'm a jerk. And <laughs> if I had a size, I, I would just probably be a jerk to other people. So God didn't give me that, and other people got to be a jerk to me. Notre Dame safety, Drew Tranquil, injured his knee. Did you see that play where he, against Georgia Tech? I Celebrate. saw the article. I didn't see the play. Uh, he, he, a right, in, right knee injury, celebrating a pass breakup. I believe it was in the end zone just before halftime. So you've, you've seen it a million times where they jump in the air and they bump each other in the air. But when he came down, he came down on one leg. He just crumbled to the ground. And of course, you know, your first reaction is you idiot and you want to laugh at him, but we've all done dumb things and i don't even know that this was a dumb thing because you see it a million times right they leap in the air they bump into one another just didn't work out for him apparently he's not real good at it (laughs) i guess not coming up later in the program we'll talk some nfl we'll give you some thoughts on the passing of yogi Berra. we're going to talk about fan duel draft kings are these legalized gambling give you some views on that you're listening to benson and those guys brought to you by town and country past solutions title sponsor of benson and those guys is town and country past solutions the warm weather is here to stay but so are those pesky critters bees are beginning to build their hives ants are driving everyone nuts and spiders seem to be popping up in every corner of the house But thanks to Town & Country Pest Solutions, these nuisances can be no more. If you have a serious problem that needs to be controlled, give them a call. I'm not just advertising for them. I am a customer, and believe me, they have the solution for any pest problem. I've mentioned it before, and it's still true. They have been in business for over 25 years, and their team of knowledgeable professionals guarantee their work. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Solutions.com. Town and Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. McAfee's Remodeling is a full-service remodeling company, locally owned and operated for nearly two decades. McAfee's team of professionals can help remodel or replace your windows, and for exterior and interior remodels, no one beats their personal and professional service. Call McAfee's Remodeling at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. 1070 or visit them online at mcafeeremodeling.com Oh yeah <laughs> Classic 70s on Benson and those guys So hockey started this week Zach and I'm I couldn't be any more irritated. I get it. It's a preseason game, but I was kind of, I was psyched up because the Islanders are going to open their, they're going to open Barkley Center. They're going to play their first game there. And I was, I was also excited to watch it. And it wasn't anywhere on TV. No. And I've been looking for the Rangers games and they haven't been on. I have the Game Center membership on my PlayStation on my phone and stuff and the games aren't on there. Now, I, I get it. It's a preseason game, but, but some of us want to see it. For some of us, man, 
Hockey's back. I'm excited about it. I want to see the game. Now, we just switched over. We switched from DirecTV to Time Warner Cable. There's a whole long story that goes behind that. It's not flattering for DirecTV. So um, we switched. Now, with DirecTV, I did have MSG2. Sometimes we even had, like, MSG3, if there was such a thing. There was, like, a third channel because you get the – the Devils, the Rangers, the Islanders, the Knicks, they're all, they're all there. Mm-hmm. So with Time Warner, it seems like I'm only getting MSG. So, but I was confident the Islanders very first game at Barclays Center at Beyond, I was going to be able to watch a game. Nothing. No such luck. And I get it's a preseason game, but still it, you would think it would be some significance. It's a big, yeah, it's a big deal. It was to me. You know, I was at the Tampa Bay Lightning. I was at their very first game. I happened to be living in Lakeland, Florida at the time. I was down there for about two years, but that was right when the Lightning were getting started, and they were playing at the um, the fairgrounds, the Expo Center, and I had an opportunity to see the game, their, their very first game. You know who I sat with? Who did you sit with? Manon Rayam. That's and right. Believe it or not, Manon Rayam, the female goalie uh, that Tampa had signed at the time. She never got into a a regular season game, but she she did play, I believe she played in some preseason. She wasn't, she was a scratch for this game. But I happened to sit with her, and it was by no other, it was just circumstance. I don't even know why she was there um, and not where she was supposed to be, but there was a reason behind it, and I don't know what it was. But a buddy of mine set me up with the seats. We had pretty good seats, got an opportunity to sit next to her. So, I do remember I've told you. you that, I've told you that. Story. I remember you telling me that story now. Did I t- tell you? You know, we kissed and stuff during the game. No, you did not tell me that. There's a reason because that didn't that didn't happen. So <laughs> I'm sort of glad I didn't tell you that. So RG three, it doesn't. It just keeps getting worse for RG three. Is he ever going to play again? I I don't know. But this this story this week that I believe it was from CBS Sports that RG three and Kirk Cousins. Reportedly, they, they can't even be in the same room. They're so, they're so, they can't get along. Now, this is a big deal if you're the Redskins. This is your former starting quarterback who was your franchise quarterback mm-hmm. and your new starting quarterback. So you would think is, is RG3 number two on the depth chart or is he number three? I want to say he was number three very recently. So he probably still is. Even at number three, you still got to communicate with the guy, right? Yeah. You, you still got to be there. But the report is they don't speak. They can't even be in the same room. Uh, this is from uh, Jason Coles of Bleacher Report. And I think I got this from, like as I say, CBS Sports. Simply put, Cole says, they don't talk. They, they don't speak to each other. They don't communicate. They can't even be in the same room as each other because of the tension that exists between the two sides. Now, part of that blame goes on the Redskins, right? This has been such... So poorly handled from the very beginning. Oh, yeah. Well, you've got a coach who doesn't want to play him, an owner who does, and you've got all this tension in the front office about it, and it's it's just continued to become uglier and uglier and uglier. And yet they're one and one, the Redskins are. Might be the best team in the division through two games. I, You know, both these guys claim to be believers, and this is where I I do have a little issue with it because there's a number of verses in the Bible that would talk about 
getting along with the brethren, let alone getting along with anybody. But, uh, for instance, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 2, verses 23-24, have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrel. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil. If you two are believers, and even if even if only one of you would think that you'd be working better. And I don't know if this report is true. I have no idea. It would seem to me a little bit of a stretch because mm-hmm. they got to have some sort of working relationship, I would think. But then again, I don't play in the NFL. What do I know? Uh, Philippians 2.14, do all things without grumbling or, or questioning. So if somebody's bitter, if RJ's bitter that Cousins is taking the snaps, do it without grumbling. Um, so many verses, Romans 14.19, so then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Seems to me that would be a difficult thing. But we mentioned that the Redskins are one and one. That You mentioned that the division is, they might be the best team in the division. I think that's a, a bit of a stretch. But that's a division that anybody could win. The Giants are 0-2. They've blown two games in the last few minutes of the game. And, of course, we're saying this as we record this program. The Giants and the Redskins are going to be playing. They'll be kicking off with a playing right now as we record this. So when this airs Saturday morning, we're either people are either going to be listening and laughing at our ignorance and our <laughs> stupidity, or they're going to be just amazed and confounded by our wisdom and our brilliance. Well. I think that that division is getting ready to be last year's NFC South, where a team with a losing record goes to the playoffs and the general division. The division in general is just a dumpster fire. And I mean, the Eagles were the favorite oh, between you know, the Eagles and the Cowboys. The Eagles are 0 2. Uh, Eagles are 0 2, but I, I've not given up on them. And I'm not, obviously, as a Giants fan, all those other teams I'm not a fan of. I don't think the Redskins are all that good. They're not. The Giants, I I wasn't high on the Giants at the beginning of the year. They're secondary, they're defense. They can't stop anybody. It's going to be tough. The Cowboys losing Romo, losing Bryant, that hurts them. But I still think those the Eagles are going to be okay. They've lost two games. They don't want to get in a situation where they're losing too many more, but I think they're they're going to be okay. But let's look at some of these other teams and and maybe you can tell me like who else is two and zero that you really are you surprised by? For instance, the Falcons are two and zero. Not now surprised. I, but the Carolina Panthers, who you said would win two football games this entire year, yeah. are also two and zero. Yeah, get ready for a fourteen game losing streak. <laughs> it's on its way. I yeah. stand by it. I think the Arizona Cardinals are there. I'm a little surprised they're two. Well, maybe I'm not surprised they're two and oh, but I don't think they're going to, I still don't think they're going to be the class of that division. Well, they're not going to be 16 and oh, that's for sure. But I mean, the Seahawks, now the Seahawks are going to murder the Bears this week. I think everybody knows that and they're going to get things turned around, but they have looked vulnerable. Speaking of the Seahawks, Cam Chancellor. Coming back this week with Jimmy Clausen <laughs> at quarterback for the Bears. I mean, that's, that's good timing. But if you're, if you're the, if one of his teammates, aren't you a little miffed? We needed you last week. We needed you the week before. Yeah. You know, last week you're playing the Packers. That's when we needed you. Mm-hmm. I, you know, against the Bears, 
Now you're coming back. You're going to look great because you're playing Klaus, and you'll probably have four pickoffs. Who knows? On the thing with Chancellor is it's not like he's in the last year of his deal and he deserves a new deal. He's still got several. I think he's got three years left on this deal. So I could see it more if this was a, um, look, I want to know that the organization is committed to me. I want some long-term security. The dude's still under contract for three years. So if I was a teammate, yeah, I'd be a little upset with Cam Chancellor. The AFC South. You got the Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts at 0 and 2. And I think when at the end of the day, those are the two teams that are going to be leading that division. But how about those first place Jaguars and Titans? One and one. Yeah. First place. One and one. Yeah. And how good, I mean, how good was Marcus Mariota in week one? And then how bad was he in week two? Like the highs and the lows were one right after the other. Here's my two Super Bowl picks the Seattle Seahawks. And the Baltimore Ravens. Both are sitting 0-2. <laughs> well, my uh, Steelers in the Super Bowl pick didn't look too good after their game against the Patriots. But they bounced back pretty nicely, right, to be at 1-1. One one. They have got, they've scored 64 points, but they've given up 46. They've given up a lot of points. They have. They have. And they're they're going to keep doing that, but... It might not matter. I mean, you look at they're they're getting Marcus Bryant or Martavis Bryant, Le'Veon Bell back. They might score fifty a game. But how about the two and zero New York Jets? That's a surprise. Not to, to me. Not to you. Uh, you picked in that division. You said everybody was going to finish five over five hundred or five hundred or better. And I just I didn't see it with the Jets, but they they've looked good. That defense is a real deal. That's legit. It is. I, it's better that defense is what miami's defense was supposed to be what everybody thought miami's when the, when miami added indomitian sue everyone said oh they're going to be so nasty well the jets are what the dolphins were supposed to be ryan fitzpatrick leading yet another team what's that like 16 teams the oh guy's played for everybody in the nfl i think the list of teams he hasn't played for is probably shorter than the list of teams that he has coming up after the break we're going to give you some thoughts on yogi berra and take a look at his life Yogi passing away this week at the age of 90. Benson and those guys is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Hey there, it's Benson. I want to invite you to join me this November in the Dominican Republic as part of SCORE International's annual baseball outreach. Your life will be impacted as you help with the daily baseball clinics and share the love of Jesus Christ, as well as delivering humanitarian assistance to the needful people of the Dominican Republic. This five-day missions trip departs from Rochester on Sunday, November 8th, returning Thursday, November 12th. Cost is $650 plus airfare, so you can expect the total to be somewhere around $1,200. And that price includes meals, lodging, ground transportation, and airport transfers. Past trips have featured participation from such men as New York Yankees greats Mariano Rivera and Andy Pettit, former NL Rookie of the Year Chris Coglin, Lou Pinella, Ian Kennedy, Gary Carter, Brett Butler, Otis Nixon, and many others. Of course, I don't know who will be on this year's trip. We'll find out when we get there. If you've wanted to experience the impact of a short-term missions trip, this is a great opportunity. If you're a baseball fan, then it's an even better fit. By the way, dads, it's a tremendous father-son opportunity that will provide memories for a lifetime. Consider coming along. I know it'll be fun, and I know you'll be blessed as you are ministered to while you serve the Lord on a foreign field during this short-term missions opportunity. 
Visit SCORE International at scoreintl.org. That's scoreintl.org. Or contact me, Benson, through our website, btgprogram.com, for more information. Tim Hiller was striving for a prized roster spot with the Indianapolis Colts when six words changed everything. We have to let you go. In his new book, Strive, former collegiate and NFL quarterback Tim Hiller leads you on a year-long journey, taking small steps each week on the path to making your life matter and to developing more and more into the person God designed you to be. Strive by Tim Hiller, now available on Amazon or at timhiller.com. Welcome back to Benson and Those Guys, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. At the break, Zach and I were looking at the video once again of the Midland Lee kicker. You gotta, if, if you haven't <laughs> seen it, you gotta Google it. It's right? hilarious. I, I've never, you know the thing about sports that I, I dig so much? I've been watching sports all my life. I'm 50 years old. And consistently, I see things I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. When this kicker, Hits it. Not only does he hit the referee in what looks like the forehead, then it goes up and it hits a crossbar and bounces in. Good. The other referees they're, they're kind of like looking around what what to do. And it finally, takes him forever to call it a field goal. Yeah. yeah. Well, what do you you think? Well, is it live? What what's the deal? I would be <laughs> confused too. But it, uh, you got to Google that. That there's a, a slow motion shot of him getting hit in the face with the football. <laughs> It's just tremendous. I could watch it on loop. Yeah, it, good stuff. Lawrence Peter Berra, Yogi Berra, passed away this week at the age of 90. Yogi was somehow one of those iconic American figures who made everyone feel as though they, they knew him, as if we were all somehow friends. But, of course, we didn't know him. But if there was one guy that you wanted to know, it was Yogi. I actually had the occasion to meet Yogi Berra just one time in Cooperstown on the Hall of Fame weekend. And I'd love, I'd love to tell you we shared laughs over a cup of coffee, but honestly, it was just a brief handshake at an autograph table. And, but I won't forget the smile, you know, and the look that he gave. It caused you to feel like, man, you've been good friends for a long time. And I'm telling you, the thing was like 26 seconds long that I was there (laughs) in front of him, but it, it was, it was awesome. He made his major league debut September 22nd, 1946, 21 years old, and he passed away 69 years later. When you think of Yogi Berra, Zach, what what image comes to your mind? Probably him jumping into the arms of Don Larson after the perfect game. In 1950, sure, that's probably it for for most people. It would have been it for me if it wasn't for that 26 seconds in Cooperstown. Mm-hmm. You know, when I think of uh, Yogi, that's what I'm going to think of. Of course, there's all those favorite sayings with some debate on whether or not he said them all. Do you have a favorite of, of, a, of the Yogiisms? I don't know which of the famous ones he really actually said or didn't say, but I love the one where he supposedly said, when you come to a fork in the road, take it. My favorite was always... The lousy teams are good this year. <laughs> because as, as ridiculous as that sounds, the lousy teams are good this year, it sort of makes sense. We're know? actually seeing that this year. Well, we were just talking about it in a segment. We were talking about some football teams that mm-hmm. are actually the Jets. Are allowed, the lousy teams are looking pretty good this year. I mean, even if you look around baseball, though, the Astros, the Mets, the Blue Jays. Yeah. You know? 
my wife told me a, a, a story that she heard last night when uh, Ron Guidry was talking about Yogi Bear. And of course, Ron Guidry wrote that book about driving Yogi, basically being, it was like driving Miss Daisy, except it was driving Mr. Barra. Maybe, I think that was the title of the book, wasn't it? Driving Mr. Barra? I would have to look it up. I, I think that might have been. I can't believe I haven't read it. But Ron Guidry's telling the story. Now they became friends. Of course, they played in different generations, but they became friends. And Ron Guidry used to pick Yogi Bear up, take him to the, these different places. And he was taking Yogi to the airport because he had to go do what Yogi referred to as an affliction commercial. Or Guidry's like, what? <laughs> and, and he's uh, this affliction commercial. I got to go. Go do this affliction commercial. And what he was referring to was the Aflac commercial <laughs> where he's in the barber shop. And he gets back when Gidry gets to the airport to pick him back up. And he says, you know, Gator, the, the duck doesn't really talk. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you just see him saying that? You can. That was a great commercial, too. I hope that they start running that this week because of him passing away. Because that was a great commercial. That was pretty good. You know, the thing about Yogi Berra, that you have Yogi Berra Day at the stadium. Finally, after that dispute, and we could talk a little bit more about that in a bit, but uh, Don Larson throws out the first first pitch to Yogi Berra, Yogi Berra Day at the stadium, and it was just something about Yogi, and had I'm sure it had nothing to do with anything, but it just seemed magical that on that day, David Cohn then goes out and throws his perfect game. Mm-hmm. Just one of the that only by the way that happens to Yankees. That doesn't happen anywhere else. Oh, the ghosts are real. The mystique and aura that everybody talks about it. Maybe not at the new stadium, but at the old park, that was absolutely real. Barra played for 19 years. He was turned down for a contract by the St. Louis Cardinals. That was his hometown. They signed Joe Garagiola, and Barra then signed with the Yankees for 500 bucks in 1942. But he didn't play right away. He joined the Navy, and a year later, he's he's on the USS Bayfield during the D-Day invasion of France. Yogi Berra. That, now, that's an American hero. It's one thing to be a baseball player, mm-hmm. but that's what makes him an American hero. And many other players did their military time as well. But he finally made the major September twenty second, 1946. He makes his major league debut against the Philadelphia A's. And by the way, proceeds to go out and go two for five with a home run. Well, you know what though? If you're at that age, as that young of a guy, if you've already been in a boat shooting rockets at Hitler's troops during the D-Day invasion, making your major league debut probably not going to phase you very much. You know, yeah, that's a great point. Look at some of these numbers that Barra put up. Played in two thousand one hundred and twenty games, two thousand one hundred and fifty hits. He caught at least a hundred games in ten different seasons. I don't think you'll see that anytime. That'll never be done. Soon catchers don't do that anymore. Played in 75 World Series games. That's amazing. 75 World Series games, part of 10 championships. In addition to those championships as a player, he won the AL pennant with the man- as a manager with the Yankees in 64 before losing in seven games to the Cardinals in the World Series. He also won an NL pennant with the Mets in 1973, one of only seven managers to win pennants in both leagues. Three-time MVP, 15 straight All-Star games from 1948 to 1962. Here's an amazing one, 704 walks, striking out only 414 times. That's one thing you definitely will never see done again. 4.9%. 
He struck out only 56 more times than the number of times he hit a home run. That's phenomenal. In 1958, no errors. No errors in 88 games as a catcher. One of only four catchers all time to register a 1,000 fielding percentage during a single season. I'm sorry. I see your bench and your Fisk and your Piazza. Yogi Bear is the greatest catcher of all time. Hands down. Not taking anything away. Those are all great players. But Yogi Bear, there was something different. I mentioned earlier the um, dispute. You know, Yogi Berra Day was the first time he was back in the stadium after many years as a fan, and you were probably a little young, but I, I remember old-timers days without Yogi, that dispute with between him and George Steinbrenner. Yogi refused to go to Yankee Stadium as long as Steinbrenner owned the team because he was dissatisfied with the way Steinbrenner didn't fire him personally. He sent Clyde King to deliver the news. Just 16 games, 16 games into the 85 season. He's firing Yogi and he didn't even do it face to face. He sent somebody else to do that. And I didn't hear, I didn't, I did not know this until last night, the role that Susan Waldman, Yankees broadcaster, played in that. She set up a meeting between Steinbrenner and Barra at Barra's museum and sort of coordinate the, that meeting. And Steinbrenner is said to have said to Barra, I know I made a mistake by not letting you go personally. It's the worst mistake I ever made in baseball. On top of being a war hero, a baseball hero, and pretty much just, I mean, living a storybook life, Barra had a, a romance for the ages with his wife, Carmen. I mean, just he had this type of life. It's a great life. They married in January of 49. Enjoyed life together until she passed away in March of 2014, just a few weeks after the 65th anniversary. Roughly a year and a half later, Yogi passes. And you kind of wonder if Carmen was really his reason for living without her. It just started, you know, slipping away. I mean, he seemed he had a charmed life. Yogi Berra passed away coincidentally on Yom Kippur, the Jewish Day of Atonement. And as I say these next few things, I want to say I don't know a thing about Yogi Berra's faith choices or his practices. And that said, when someone dear to us or someone special passes, and Yogi Berra was certainly special, it often gives us pause to reflect on our own mortality and what happens next. The Bible says we're all sinners. The wages of sin is death. Because of the things we've done wrong, and I'm not even going to address those that are that are not convinced they've done anything wrong. Any rational thinking human being realizes they've sinned, regardless of how big or small that sin. But a holy God can no more stand in the presence of sin than a pure white canvas can hide the blemish of any color added to it. Because of our sin, we're, we not only earn a physical death, but a spiritual one as well, because we can't stand in the presence of a holy God. Existence apart from God means eternity in hell. I can tell you that I don't make the rules, and as much as I wish it were not so, man cannot change the laws of God to fit his preferences or what he's comfortable with. But because of God's love for us, he sent his son Jesus Christ for one purpose, to make an atonement for our sins. Jesus lived a perfect life, never sinning one time, Yet he gave his life as a sacrifice for us, becoming sin in our place. Second Corinthians 5.21 says, For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. 
And Romans 10.9 says, If you confess with your heart, with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Jesus gave himself an atonement for our sins. If you acknowledge that, and that, that you are indeed a sinner and as a result are on your way to hell, then I want to tell you that the good news is that by confessing your sins to God, as Romans 10.9 says, and by believing that Jesus died for you, that he was died, buried, and rose again, then you will be saved. I want to encourage you. Anytime that somebody passes, we, we do pause and we think about that, but think about your situation. Think about your sins. Think about how you're going to, how you're going to handle that when you're before God. I want to encourage you to pray to God and confess him, confess to him that you're a sinner. Ask him to change you and to accept Jesus' death on the cross as, as atonement for your sins. After that, I want to encourage you to tell somebody. Find yourself a good Bible-believing church which which to be a part of. You can reach out to us here at our website, btgprogram.com. We'd be glad to help you if you like. Yogi Berra certainly lived a, a great life, and, and he seemed like a wonderful, wonderful person. And as I said, I, I don't know anything about his faith, but I, knew, I do know that living a great life and being a wonderful person does not make up for the sins we've committed. I hope you'll consider that today. You're listening to Benson and Those Guys. We'll be back right after this short break. Benson and Those Guys is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. The Finish Strong Road Race and Fitness Walk to Benefit Athletes in Action is Saturday, October 17th. There's both a 5K and 15K event, which start and end at the Grace and True Sports Park in Hilton. The 15K goes off at 9 a.m., and the 5K goes at 9.30. Whether you walk or run, your registration helps support the incredible work of Athletes in Action at the College of Brockport. How important is Athletes in Action to the teams? Just listen to some of the coaches talk about Gary Sauer and the significance of AIA to their respective teams. He's done just about anything that the, the program needed. Bringing bagels, he's he's reaching out to some of the kids and trying to be a support system for them. And to him and athletes in action are, are really first class all the way. Oh, I'll tell you, Gary has been a true blessing for our program. He has provided so many things for us. I, I know a lot of our young men have formed phenomenal relationships with him and have somebody to, uh, to lean on and talk to. Athletes in Action is truly a servant ministry, and your participation on October 17th helps fund the cause. Run or walk the Finish Strong Road Race and Fitness Walk to benefit athletes in action. And by the way, there's a post-race party with plenty of food. Whether you walk, run, volunteer, or are looking for sponsorship opportunities, you can find more information online by visiting www.finishstrong5k.com. That's finishstrong5k.com. Welcome back to Benson and Those Guys. The show is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. You can visit our website, btgprogram.com, or follow us on Twitter, at btgprogram. Looking at some of these, we were talking earlier about the NFL teams, 0-2, 2-0. The Broncos are sitting 2-0. Mm -hmm. You know, that talk about Peyton Manning being done and finished has quite, kind of quieted a little bit. His throwing hasn't been pretty in a long time. That's nothing new. But he's still Peyton Manning. He's still going to get it done. C.J. Anderson 
Um, is getting beat up a little bit on Twitter, apparently by fantasy team owners. Oh, yeah. He says, is my, my Twitter, my Instagram have been all negativity. Hey, you stink. You're not that good. Uh, he says it's been out, outrageous. And his reply is, bench me, drop me. I don't, I don't really care. As, as an NFL athlete, as a, as a professional player, what do you care about? The fantasy league. So that, that's a good approach on his point, but I can't imagine people are tweeting at him and sending him messages because he hasn't performed well enough for their fantasy league. I mean, I'm not a fantasy player. Every so often you rope me into playing in some league and it just seems I never ever change my team. <laughs> you know, I say, Oh yeah, I'll play it. I think this will be the time that I actually engage and make changes and I, I never do. I never do. Fantasy just, it hasn't been a thing for me, but I am, you cannot watch a game without being inundated with the ads for FanDuel or for DraftKings. Yeah, or the ticker at the bottom with the scoring leaders for the week and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's another one that drives me crazy. I just want to see the scores. I want to see the scores. I want to see their, who's, tell me, tell me who threw, you know, Who's leading the way? Who just scored? I don't need every fantasy step because I don't play. Now, I know that's different for you. You do. And I can't remember if it's Fox or CBS. One gives a ton of fantasy results and one doesn't. One gives you the scores. So whichever one gives you the scores, I I sort of prefer. You know what, though? I'm in 11 fantasy football leagues this year, and I still hate the fantasy ticker at the bottom. We all have phones. We can all look that up if we want it. I don't want it to be part of my game experience. You see the ads for FanDuel or DraftKings, and they're offering to match your initial deposit. I don't know. I don't play. I don't know how any of that works. But I know this. They're guaranteeing to give you they're pro- they're, Well, they're saying they're giving away millions of dollars. I don't know who's getting that, but if they're giving you $200 willing to match your deposit up to $200, they're making money. Mm-hmm. They're, they're doing okay. So you, the question comes, are these things, is this legalized gambling? Is this a gambling site? It's absolutely gambling. It is. I'm not saying that's, that it's bad, but by definition, I mean, it's a game of chance, right? Exactly. According to federal law, Fantasy sports, though, are a game of skill. Therefore, they are not gambling. That's currently the federal law. So there's no there's no regulation regarding these fantasy uh, leagues, which is why you're seeing these things pop up. But there's no there's no doubt that these are are gambling sites. The CEO of MGM Grants says, "Of course, it's gambling, but people are doing it. They're doing it all over the place." It's not regulated. But, of course, this is gambling. You're putting money in, and it begs the question, is is this something that a Christian should then be involved in? Now, the CEO of, uh, I guess this is FanDuel, he says, we look at it and say it's not gambling. It's an entertainment product. I don't <sighs> think it, that those are mutually exclusive. I mean, can it be both? I think it is. It's certainly gambling. You're putting money in and hoping, but not guaranteed to get money out. And you're also having a good time. So I think it's both of those things. There's an article published in the Sports Business Journal 
Now, this was an interesting statistic regarding these fantasy leagues. I couldn't tell you if this was FanDuel, if this is DraftKings, or if this is something else, or maybe it's a combination of them. But they found that 1.3% of the players, that's less than 2%, who paid an average of over $9,000 in entry fees, accounted for 23% of all, accounted for 23% of all entry fees, and that less than 2% won 77% of all profits. That 2% who was depositing and playing up to $9,000, now, they won 77%. They earned a 27% return. The other 80% of betters who counted kind of the small fish, I would imagine this, you, you probably fall in this category. 80% of betters who counted as small fish spending $49 each lost about half their money. They lost. And I suppose that kind of makes sense that the guys who put in that much money would be the guys who would win big money. You think they've got to be in so many games at once. There's a, in the article there I read, it says in sports and in, in horse racing, when the favorite wins, the professional handicappers often lose money. And the same applies here in fantasy sports. When a Clayton Kershaw throws a no hitter, or Tom Brady has a huge game. It's not good for those pros. They're making their money on that obscure player. Mm-hmm which makes it high risk. So, again, I asked the question earlier, should a Christian be involved in that? And, you know, it's it's not as black and white, perhaps, as some say. Um, the Bible doesn't come right out and say, thou shalt not gamble. There's a lot of biblical principles that need to be considered. There's a lot of individual, perhaps, prayer and consideration that needs to go into. But let me go through a couple of principles before. Now, I don't, I'm not saying do it, don't do it. You know, you have to make that judgment for yourself. I don't participate, but here's a couple of things that I think you should consider before you, before you do go gambling. And I think we've established that these things, these things are definitely a gambling site. One would be, Jesus commands us to love our neighbor as ourselves, right? Mark chapter 12. But gambling is dependent on your neighbor losing. If you're going to win, somebody has to lose, regardless of the pain, suffering. You might want to say that's all on them, but your winnings come from somewhere, and it's got to come from the loser. So your neighbor is the loser. And it's a pretty simple simple formula. For somebody to win, somebody else must lose. And unfortunately, Sometimes those losses are more than they can afford. Is that necessarily your fault? No, but you have provided the opportunity, and I believe God will hold us accountable for something like that. The number of Americans with who struggle with gambling problems is over 15 million. 15 million Americans struggling with a gambling problem, and you have to believe that these da- daily fantasy sports make it easy and convenient mm-hmm. for them to have those struggles. You don't have to go to the casino. I mean, I understand there's online wagering, but these daily fantasy sports basically enables them. And like it or not, the $500 you won may very well have come from somebody on the other end who can't control their problem. And the idea that these fantasy sports are nameless just enhances the falsehood that you're you're beating a website. You know, you think, well, I just won $200 from FanDuel. Well, you didn't. You won $200 from somebody. 
uh, it's not as nameless as, as as it seems. It's not as anonymous as it sounds. That that website or that business is, is taking your winnings from someone. They aren't just going to match your first deposit, as we said, up to two hundred dollars for nothing. They know they're going to make that money, if not from you, from somebody else. Another thing to consider would be it gambling preys on the desperation of the poor. Um, the a nationally gambling impact study found that those with an annual income of less than ten thousand spent more on lottery tickets than any other income group. That's just crazy. Well, my wife says often that the the lottery is simply a tax on people who are bad at math. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if you're you're throwing your money away. High school dropouts, by the way, spend the same studies that spend four times as much as college graduates on lottery tickets. College graduates don't have any money left to buy lotto tickets with. Well, that, that's a good <laughs> point. Scripture instructs us to look out for the poor and, in fact, gives warnings against taking advantage of them. And I think gambling sort of does that. Proverbs 14.31 says, Whosoever oppresses a man insults his maker, but he who is generous to the needy honors him. Another consideration we talked about, loving your neighbor. We talked about uh, praying on the poor. But what about work ethic? We're to invest our time into labors that supply needs for our family. Second Thessalonians 3.10 says, If anyone is not willing to work, let him, let him not eat. Ephesians 4.28, Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Scripture gives a clear condemnation of laziness, and to some degree, gambling is just that. It's getting something for nothing. It's the easy way. I think that's why uh, people who are gambling are looking for that easy money, that, that, that quick dollar. It's really driven by greed. But look, I, I mean, I enjoy the, a buck as much as the next guy. It enables us to do many good things, but I think we need to be careful. Paul warns about the desire to get rich in First Timothy chapter 6. Uh, this is verses 9 and 10. It says, But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Verse 10 says, For the love of money, not money, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. You know, you got covetousness, you got stewardship, you got deception. These gambling sites are steeped in deceit. Lotteries don't tell you your actual chances of winning. I mean, of course they're not telling you that. Casinos purposely don't have clocks or windows, so you mm -hmm. lose track of time. They have the programmed, uh, the slot machines programmed, so that you come close a few times without winning. You think you're getting close. Psalms 5, 6 says the Bible, uh, God detests deceitfulness, avoiding temptation, a, a lack of trust in God. There are many, many biblical principles to consider when it comes to gambling. And no, I can't tell you the Bible strictly forbids it, though many preachers will and other people will. I don't think it's that black and white. I prefer to see it in the Word of God, and I just don't, not explicitly, as I say. But I do see these many principles, many principles, which I think you need to consider and pray about. Remember, if, if you're not sure, it's better to err on the side of caution. But I think if you've prayed about it 
and you can participate with a clear conscience, then, you know, that's between you and God. But let me just say, be very careful. It's, it's a slippery slope. And let me just add this for those that participate in this. And I suspect most people are playing less than $100. That's my guess. I have no real scientific basis for that other than my own ignorance, probably. But most people are not spending a lot of money. But those are the ones that are probably losing. And I do think you have to consider where your money is winning, won from is from somebody else. But let me just add this. You need to be sure you've taken care of God first. I believe you have a duty in providing for the local church, which ministers to you. Have you made your tithe, tithe offering? I think you need to do that before you enter into one of these sites. And what about special offerings, such as a gift to a missionary or other ministries that depend on these gifts to be able to continue bringing the Word of God to those who need it? Do you, do you make gifts there ever? Whatever amount you're dumping into gambling, I think you should at least have some formula where you're giving an amount equal to or above or whatever you feel to such special offerings. I think somebody that that just gambles and never makes a a, a gift or, or an offering for a missionary, I think that's out of balance. And I think gambling is one of those areas that while the Bible may not say anything explicit, you got all these principles to consider, and there needs to be a balance. Yeah, all right, I spend 50 bucks here. It's no different than if I, I went to the movies for the entertainment. But do you also spend 50 bucks on a missionary? Are you making your tithe? You need to, you need to make sure you're taking care of God first. Benson and those guys brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions. We'll be back right after this. The movie Captive is a powerful true story of faith over fear. Police looking for Brian Nichols. A man on the run. You scream again and I'll have to kill you. A woman held captive. My name is Ashley. In your darkest hour, who will you turn to? God, please help me. What is that? The book, The Purpose Driven Life. Read it to me. God expects you to make the most of what you have been given. Could you forgive me? I don't know. Maybe God can. Captive. Read PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. For group sales and tickets, visit CaptiveTheMovie.com. Title sponsor of Benson and those guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. The warm weather is here to stay, but so are those pesky critters. Bees are beginning to build their hives, ants are driving everyone nuts, and spiders seem to be popping up in every corner of the house. But thanks to Town & Country Pest Solutions, these nuisances can be no more. If you have a serious problem that needs to be controlled, give them a call. I'm not just advertising for them. I am a customer, and believe me, they have the solution for any pest problem. I've mentioned it before, and it's still true. They have been in business for over 25 years, and their team of knowledgeable professionals guarantee their work. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. Welcome back to Benson and Those Guys, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions at BTG Program. Been talking a lot of football, first two weeks of the season. Everybody's excited. We've even talked a little hockey, but let's get into baseball a little bit, looking at the playoffs. The Yankees, of course, uh, both Zach and I are Yankee fans. and um, Well, it almost felt like with that series in Toronto that their hopes of a division title came to an end. 
that series had, that three-game series up in Toronto had a playoff feel to it. You you watch that final game. It, each game, Yankees won one, Toronto won one, and you went into that third game thinking, well, you're either leaving Toronto a game and a half behind with still a chance at winning that division or three and a half behind with no chance of winning that division. And watching Marcus Stroman on the mound, and, and he pitched great, but he was so pumped up. I found myself watching thinking, man, act like you've struck somebody out before. But I can't blame them for being that jazzed up. Uh, their center fielder, Pilar, caught a line drive off the bat of Ellsbury midway through the game, and it's almost like he did a little little ballet hop, you know, because he was just so jazzed up. But this team has not been in the playoffs forever. I mean, it's been a long time um, since that team has been. You can you can see them getting a little excited, but it had that playoff feel. The fans were on their feet. It, it was kind of exciting. And that's the atmosphere where you would think the Yankees would excel because that's that's the Yankees' time, you know. But they really have not gotten it done. And I really I agree. I think first place in the East is is. I was second. one of those guys after the. After the break, Toronto came out playing so well. They made some great trades. They really did well at the trade deadline. And I was one of those guys saying, well, they've, they're playing above themselves. There's no way that they're this good. And the Yankees held with them for a while. They've, they've mm-hmm. done pretty well themselves. I mean, they had the opportunity, the Yankees did, because they had so many games head to head with Toronto, but. Yeah. But they couldn't get it done. Toronto is clearly a, a better squad. And I never, at the beginning of this year, I did not think the Yankees were going to make the playoffs. Uh, but then again, I thought the Red Sox were going to, going to win that division. And they've been horrific as they go back and forth from first to last or first to last in, in, in seasons. But the Yankees have played well and I'm not disappointed, but I will ask you this. Now they got to, they're looking at a wild card. They're looking at this one game play-in game. Do you consider that a playoff game? Yes and no. I mean, officially it counts as a playoff game, but I think because so much rides on it, you know, if you lose that game, you're done. It, so, to me, it's not even a playoff game. Now, again, I'm, and I, I don't want to sound like every other Yankee fan. We got 27 titles, but the reality is we do. And, and there's, there's that stretch that over these last years, and I, I realize they haven't made the playoff every year, but they've made it most of them. There's a lot of titles in the last 20 years. The Yankees are always competitive. You expect to see them in the playoff. To see them in a one-game wild card game, not a playoff to me. I don't think – I'd be surprised if, if the Yankees host that game, and unless they collapse, they probably should, and then take your – uh, maybe Minnesota, maybe Houston, maybe the Angels, uh, they're going to shoot it out for that other second. So they're going to go to Yankee Stadium. I doubt it sells out. Yankee fan is probably not coming to that game all excited like they're in the playoffs. I, I think they'll know. take a wait-and-see approach. I don't know. It depends because you might look at it as this might be their only playoff game this year, and they haven't been in the playoffs in two years. But I think part of that has to do with how spoiled we've been, like you talked about as Yankee fans. If you think about, like, was it three years ago when the Pirates first ended their drought and they were in that wild card game and that place was shaking and rocking and it was absolute pandemonium? I think for teams like them, like the Royals last year that haven't been there in so long, that's absolutely a playoff game. 
That's almost like a World Series for them. Game. But yeah. that's what I'm saying. As a Yankee fan, it's it's you're like you're, I'm not excited about it. Get in the playoff game, great. I hope they win. And but I'm I want them in the series. I want to. To me, a playoff game is a series. It's not a a one game thing. This this is to get you into the playoffs. It's mm-hmm. not a. It's not really a play. The National League is just so. It's already decided. It's been decided for a while. You're going to have the Cubs and the and the Pirates mm-hmm. in the wild card game, and you got the Mets. Cardinals and Dodgers, uh, winning and no division. nationals, and no nationals. That you know, everybody's darling, including my own, because of that great pitching staff. Just, I mean, they're eleven games yeah. out of the wild card at this point. The wheels just fell right off. Let's take one more break. After that, we're going to come back with our pest of the week. Wrap up the show. You're listening to Benson and those guys. Brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions. Tim Hiller was striving for a prized roster spot with the Indianapolis Colts when six words changed everything. We have to let you go. In his new book, Strive, former collegiate and NFL quarterback Tim Hiller leads you on a year-long journey, taking small steps each week on the path to making your life matter and to developing more and more into the person God designed you to be. Strive by Tim Hiller, now available on Amazon or at timhiller.com. The movie Captive is a powerful true story of faith over fear. Police looking for Brian Nichols. A man on the run. You scream again and I'll have to kill you. A woman held captive. My name is Ashley. In your darkest hour, who will you turn to? God, please help me. What is that? The book, The Purpose Driven Life. Read it to me. God expects you to make the most of what you have been given. Could you forgive me? I don't know. Maybe God can. Captive. Read PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. For group sales and tickets, visit CaptiveTheMovie.com. Welcome back to Benson and those guys. Show's brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions. And as uh, as we do every week, we finish up our show with the Pest of the Week. My Pest of the Week is Arizona State University's mascot, Sparky, who jumped on the back of City Councilman Dave Shapira. Unknown to Sparky was the fact that Shapira was still recovering from back surgery in July. Oh, no. And jumping on his back for a photobomb opportunity sent Shapira back to the hospital. My pest of the week is Sparky, the Arizona State University mascot. Well-deserved. My pest of the week is also a mascot, actually. It's Ragnar, the mascot for the Minnesota Vikings, who is apparently demanding a new contract for 10 years at $20,000 per game. As a mascot. That's ridiculous. What? What talents does this mascot bring that warrants that type of thing? I mean, he's fat, he grows a large beard, and he drives a motorcycle. They can't find anybody else who meets these qualifications? If they provide the motorcycle, I'll do it. I meet the other two. Well, maybe together. I got fat, you got the beard. <laughs> together we can get on the ma- the motorcycle. Benson and those guys is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at BTG Program. You've heard our ads for the Finish Strong 5K. Go ahead and register for that. Want to encourage you to come out on October 17th. We'll be back next week. You're listening to Benson and Those Guys, brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions.